Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Here's the guy who just finished the world's slowest 5K, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rob Has a Podcast, episode number 5,000. Yes! Can you believe it? 5,000 episodes over 14-plus years to get to this point, and I couldn't be more excited to share this one with you because we we really we could have done anything for episode number 5000 i had a lot of different thoughts but the one that really jumped out to me rather than doing like a retrospective cuz we we've, we've done that before i thought okay could we get jeff probst back on the podcast for episode number 5000 so i reached out to CBS. And I said, Hey, I've got an audacious request. Could JP come back to RHAP for a podcast interview? I saw Jeff back in November. It went well. And I didn't know what they were going to say. They got back to me and they said, yes, Jeff uh, would be up for it. And so very generously, Jeff Probst made 30 minutes to talk with me, and that is the interview that you are about to hear. Very nervous about this interview. I spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to talk with Jeff about, and you'll hear that here in this interview. I just thought that this was the right way to go because so much of my life has revolved around Survivor. And so I thought it was very fitting as we accomplished this great milestone of 5,000 episodes to go back to Jeff and have him here on the podcast. So uh, we've got a great interview coming up for you here with Jeff Probst. If you are new to Rob as a podcast, if this episode brought you in, hey, so happy you're here. 
It's a great time to start listening to Rob as a podcast. We've got everything going on here with our coverage of Survivor 46. We invite you to subscribe at robasawebsite.com slash subscribe or search for Rob has a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you could watch this episode on our YouTube channel where we try to put as much video out there around our podcast robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube, or to go directly to see this, robhasawebsite.com slash 5,000. Just a quick thank you to all of our longtime listeners, patrons, subscribers, my very patient wife, the first lady of podcasting for helping us get to this point. I appreciate you so much, and I really hope you enjoy this interview with Jeff. All right, what a treat this is to have back with us. So excited to catch up with, of course, the host, the executive producer of Survivor, the host of On Fire with Jeff Probst. Here is, of course, the great Jeff Probst. Jeff, how are you? Well, first, I'd, I'd just like to say, now that I understand what it takes to make a podcast, I have even more respect for what you've been doing for the last many years. Thank you so much. Always appreciate that. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, look at my life. I got one dog here, one at my feet. I'm talking to you. We got a new season of Survivor coming yeah. up. Life is good. Yeah, I feel like I don't hear you talk too much about your dogs. Well, you know why? Because I'm a new, I'm new. I, here's the short version. I didn't want a dog. We have a big life. We had two kids living in the house. We like to go places and do things. I travel. And one day I could just tell with my wife, Lisa, we were getting a dog. And so, and it changed my life. And then we got a second dog. And now I am that guy that's like, well, could we take them? What if we got a bus and then we got in a boat, we could put them in a, like a carry. Yeah. I'm annoying, but man, they changed my whole life. I'm full dog all the time now. Yeah, you're into it now. Yeah, really into it. For real. I mean, I know it sounds corny because anybody who has a dog or I'm sure a cat will say, yeah, welcome to the club. But the unconditional love and the joy that they bring yeah. into your life is pretty crazy. Very relatable. Um, Jeff, uh, so many different things that I want to talk to you about, but I'm so appreciative that you made the time that this is going to be the 5,000th episode of Rob is a Podcast. And wow. it just was uh, very meaningful for me to have you come on here because I feel like that so much of what I've been able to do in my life is because of Survivor. And of course, you are Survivor. So it was just uh, such a thing that was uh, really special for me. So thank you so much for doing this. I'm honored for real. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's make it a good one. Okay, good. Uh, so I, I would just love to talk a little bit about, you know, I just was trying to think of, you know, we had this time and I was just really trying to think about like big picture and I didn't, I didn't want to do a ton of like, but when are you going to bring back this thing? Uh, and I just wanted to talk about like, just like the, the body of work of yeah. the show and the thing that like in thinking of the history of the show, which has been, you know, such an obsession of mine for over the years was that you had this really th these two things that I came back to of the pandemic and streaming, which I think have really mm. shaped the show in an interesting way to where it is right now. And I guess let me start with the pandemic, because that was just this like black swan event that really mm. took a year away from the show, but really created like a space for you to have time away for the team to have time away. And I, I would just love to know in retrospect, how do you feel like the pandemic really changed survivor? 
Well, feel free to jump in because that is a giant question. And I think you hit on it. It really did shift us in so many ways. I think, you know, there, there's so many parts of it. There's the, here are the parts. And then you can tell me how you want to explore it. There is the break that we got creatively, which I didn't really realize we needed. There was the shift in tone that came directly from everything we went through as a country that the globe went through, you know, as an entire culture. And then I think there was the rediscovery of the show or the discovery of the show by young people and especially kids who found it during COVID when there was nothing to do but, you know, watch TV. So those are three big chunks. Where do you want to start? Um, I guess um, I would start with maybe like the uh, the way that it shaped the way that the creative team might have uh, viewed the show in terms of like having the time away. Yeah, well, so after Winners at War, that was designed to be the end of that era. And the reason for that is we honestly felt that, you know, you know, you played that there's a certain point where the players have figured out so many of the possible angles we could bring that they were just so, they were gaming the game and we didn't know if we could sustain it in that version. And so when it was over, we decided let's go into winners at war. <clears throat> Excuse me. We decided let's go into winners at war and make it as great as we can. And every single player that we brought back brought it. I could feel it from the beginning that they were in on it with us. We're going to make this season amazing. We threw everything, edge of XC, everything, fire tokens, everything we could to just give the players things to play with. And I know a lot of times fans will say, why this, why that? It's because we want the players to have things that they can use in some way to, to demand or command or, or influence the game. So we did that and we brought it on our end and we were exhausted. That is not a woe is me. That was a, it felt good. We felt like we did everything we could in that season. And so when it was over, Rob, honestly, just speaking for myself, I didn't realize how tired I was. And so in a way, COVID gave us this break to step back and look at the show and say, okay, where could we take it instead of rushing into a new era? And that really pivoted us. And, and we had time to sit back and start thinking about it. Yeah. And while like it was so terrible for so many people, it just, it came at like really like a, a perfect time for you guys to have that break in terms of like, you could have had it after like some random season where yeah. it wouldn't have made any sense or before winners at war, but it's just, uh, it was like in some ways very fortuitous for the show to be able to have that time right. off right after winners at war. You're right. I mean, I, I know that, but I never really thought of it the way you just framed it. And you're absolutely right. We were fortunate to have such an unfortunate thing yes. happen when it did. And I'll tell you why else we were fortunate is because I had a terrible idea for Survivor 41. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be this economy based world and I had spent a lot of time on it. Fortunately, the great Mike White yes. <laughs> asked, asked me a simple question. Does that sound fun? And that shifted things. And that really was the pivot like Matt Van Wagen and I would just get on the phone and I would just pace around the garage and we would say dangerous fun. And we just came up with this list. But what was really happening, Rob, is I think what you're getting at is it, it like refueled us 
energetically. And I feel like, and I know maybe I was over the top with Survivor 41 and yeah. the Open, but I could probably recite that still today. It was so personal to me. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to say I've missed you because I had. And I knew I was speaking for our team. We had missed it. We just needed to take a little bit of a break, <laughs> rehydrate. But I meant it because that relationship with the people who watch our show goes so far beyond a fan. Yeah. It's this, it's a, you know, you've experienced it. You, you've now basically gone from somebody who watched it to being a player to somebody who talks about it. So you've experienced the triangle of it all. Yeah. And I totally get that from you. And it comes across that I think that many people like in your position, do you know, hosting this show for now we're in what, 24 years of you being the host right. of the show that I think that a lot of people would be phoning it in from this point. And, you know, that if people ever have criticisms it's it's that that you have so much that you're trying to get in there it's not like that you're trying to pull back ever at all yeah uh, well you know i don't like talking about uh, fellow people who do this kind of job but i see the phoning it in in a lot of people i know and they kind of look at it like i landed the greatest gig i work this many days i make this much money it allows me a lot of time to travel i don't look at survivor like that at all I feel I have stress dreams about Survivor because I want to do my job. I want to do my part. And that means bringing a point of view to the show. We have never said ever we thought our idea was the right idea or the only idea. Somebody else would come in and do this show a completely different way. There would be a whole new team. All we ever do, Rob, is commit. And we decide if we're going to do it, then we're doing it. And this is what we're doing. And we have to know in advance because I like symmetry. <clears throat> Anybody on our team knows. I like ideas that flow. And I used to get pitched ideas all the time for seasons. You could name your season this. And I would say, but it would end at the merge or it wouldn't be there at the end. And we, we look for these like capsules that we can sort of say, okay, this was Winners at War. This was Island of the Idols. What if you had players that were gods? Whatever it is, Ghost Island. What if it was a haunted island? You can sit back and criticize things you didn't like. We totally get it. We do the same thing. But when you're in the creative part of our our team, it's full tilt, full tilt, let's full go. Full tilt boogie, yeah. Full uh, tilt boogie. How do you just keep up that passion for it after all this time? And you've seen it all and you've done it so many different ways that what drives you to keep going back to it and, you know, have that love for what you get to do? This will be the most boring answer, but this is the truth. It is the exact same thing, Rob, the exact same thing that when I heard Mark Burnett 24 years ago on the Jonathan Brandmeier radio show talking about abandoning 16 people, I thought about what are they going to do? How are they going to do that? How are they going to live together and get rid of each other? That's going to be really complicated to do. That's still what drives me, human behavior. And you just said, I've seen it all. I haven't. Episode one of Survivor 46, never saw that. Mm -hmm. There's things happening in that episode that you go, oh my God, once again, a player surprises us or a group surprises us. That's what I love. And that's what drives the creative of the show. It took many, many years of the evolution of the show. 
And it took me several years when I was given the chance to be, you know, a leader on a show to start to realize where do I want the show to go? What would I want if I were doing this? I don't just want a game. That's not enough. I can play a game anywhere. I want an experience. And the way you get the experience is you have to agree to play the game. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because that's something that is definitely in the show now about how it's about the experience and about the journey of the contestants and and maybe not as much focused on the, the game while it's still there. How did you and the creative team come to making that such a big part of the show? I think it does go back to your first question. When you think about the pandemic, it wasn't just COVID. Black Lives Matter was happening. There was political unrest. Me Too was still really prominent. So there was all of this cultural change happening and all of it needed, but a lot of it very heavy. And for me, I, you know, I really like joy. I do. I like love. I, I like having fun and I'm grateful that I get to be alive and all that corny stuff. So when we were reimagining the show, I was reimagining positivity. I wanted yeah. Survivor. And I speak for our team. I, I say I way too many times, but I mean all of us. We wanted the show to bring positivity in a way that families could sit down and say, this will be fun. Let's watch it. The kids want to watch it. We want to watch it. That doesn't mean you can't still talk about sensitive topics. Clearly, we do. And we did in Survivor 41. And we did in Survivor 42. It also doesn't mean you can't root for and against people. Because you can. And you do it every season. And it doesn't mean there can't be delicious and brutal blindsides. That's the whole game design. So we designed the game with a beware advantage to do two things. One, it is going to turn the game. It's going to. The minute you pick it up, the game is going to change in some way, guaranteed. And two, it's fun. That's why it says beware. So when you're at home, you're like, damn, I don't know if I'd pick it up. Would you pick it up? I'm picking it up. You got to pick it up. Yeah. So that's where the fun came. And then when we were out there, the show had shifted in another way. George Cheeks, who runs all of CBS. He made this proclamation that diversity is no longer a, if you can, it is you will. And that's one of the biggest things that's changed Survivor. And it can go like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's significant because he forced us to change our casting process. He forced us to look in the mirror and say, are you really a representation of our country? You're not. Why don't we do that? And it changed everything because we started finding all these stories of people who said, well, I never would apply, but then I saw somebody who looked like me or talked like me or had a background like me. And then those stories felt important. Like here's somebody who's overcoming something. And I'm aware that we can go too far that way. And we're, we're trying to balance that all the time. But Survivor is a flowing, mm -hmm. it really is kind of like a, a river of creativity for us, Rob. And so we're just trying to navigate. You know, Something that I have observed over the years, you know, almost 25 years of the show's history, it's sort of like that in the beginning of Survivor, and you were such a pioneer in terms of reality TV, but it was almost like in the beginning, 
what are these people willing to do to win a million dollars? And let's let's see right. what, you know, maybe there's like a, you know, a darker side of the human condition that might get explored in this type of a format. But as you mentioned with the positivity and then also the sportsmanship that really is a big part of the show, it's almost like that over 25 years that Survivor has kind of like shifted from like, okay, this is what uh, it could be like on the negative side to where there's a lot of negativity in the rest of the world. And Survivor has sort of like shifted to like you kind of wished that there were other people with important jobs that like behaved in the manner of which the Survivor contestants treat each other. Wow, that's that was pretty powerful to hear because you you put a thought in my head as you were talking, which is by merely changing the type of twists we put into the game, we can create negativity. It's a manipulation and it's how are you going to What's the conceit of the show? And I, you're right. I'm not interested in that anymore. And I think it's a direct reflection, not only of where the show was, but of how it needed to evolve. And you had Mark Burnett in the beginning. Mark loves to get people looking at each other and saying, oh, no, it was you. No, it was you. That's what he brought. And it worked. I mean, the first person to win was one of the biggest villains still of all time, Richard Hatch. Mark understood something. And in the hands of somebody else, I can tell you for sure, Rob, there would be more villains, more negativity, more yelling at each other. It's just not where it's not going to happen when I'm part of the show. I'm just not interested in it. I, I, there's too many other things we could do and still have fun. And I get I hear all the time from people. I'm too soft and I am bringing back my edge. I'm aware that I got a little soft. And so I am going to put a knife in the bag of rice every so often and <laughs> I can still yeah. find that part of me, but, but generally speaking, I like where the show is. And I hear from enough families that say, we love survivor. We yeah. love it. We want our kids to see it. we like them. They think about, we like them imagining that they could be on the show and all that stuff. So this goes back to the same thing. There are people probably listening to this interview right now going, that's why survivor sucks pros. I get it. You might be right. If you don't like it, you probably are right. A lot of it's going to come from me. You know, that I, I have, you know, listened to uh, all of your podcasting and you do a really great job. And, and you you do come back to that, uh, you know, the, the people that say Jeff sucks. And it must be very difficult to get like a million different data points of everybody has an opinion <laughs> on the show. And I, and I get that on a much, 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 much more micro level, even doing what I do. Like, how, how do you navigate? among like all of this like information that comes at you about the job that you do or that uh, how the show is? Well, it took a long time for me to realize I can't let it be personal because I used to get upset and then I would sit in a hole and be like, God, why do they hate me? Why do they think that that idea? And then one day there was a season, season 30 and we did our premiere, and I remember being so proud of the premiere that once again, we came up with the name of a season. We came up with a really cool opening um, challenge that had decision points, and those things are hard to do over and over. And, I, and then I read a review, and they said, ah, eh. and I realized in that moment, all right, here's the problem with taking things personally. If you believe the good and think that it means something, then you have to equally give same credence to the bad. 
what I realized in that moment was I like that premiere. And if you like it, I'm glad because I like it. And if you don't like it, I get it. I like it. So it wasn't, I realized it shouldn't change me at all. And that helped me have a little more Teflon that I can take it. You don't like it. It's okay. I like it. And so that allowed me to kind of look at what you just said as the data points and realize that's a good one, like change history. That was all me. I wanted, I loved the name of that twist for years. I knew it didn't work, but Survivor 41 came and I shoved it in and we did it. And then we did it again. And then everybody said, we hated it once. We hated it twice. And I went, wow, that was a terrible decision by me. And we pulled it out. But you only know you're on the edge of the cliff when you fall off it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go, go back to uh, from talking about the people that really discovered the show during the pandemic. You know, something that like was probably also like we never could have imagined way back when. And I, I speak from experience that Survivor was a thing and it was on on used to be on Thursdays. It was on Thursday night and then it happened and then that was it. And unless you taped it, forget it. You there was no such thing as going back and and rewatching a season of Survivor. I guess you could buy go buy the DVDs and right. you could have like on your bookshelf, okay, let me see if I could find the DVD. So, it wasn't until only about like really, you know, uh 5 or 6 years ago that people started to have like the ability to even go back and do it on CBS All Access and ultimately Paramount Plus and then Netflix really changed everything in 2020. Yeah. So, Jeff, how to, how has it changed the way that you all make the show where that you have these contestants. First, just I wanted to ask about the contestants. Like it would be wild if somebody like on Survivor 35 said, oh yeah, I've, I just, I watched the whole show. It'd be like, oh my God, you just blew my mind. Where now every single person who comes in right. has binged the whole show. Yeah, I think it would. Well, so for us, it doesn't change how we make the show at all. Not one bit. We don't have a master plan. We, we don't know where we're going in season 60. We're just trying to get through season 46. And then we see where we're at. We start meeting creatively. So for us, it doesn't change anything. But for the player, I think you're absolutely right. It changes everything because you can study now. And if I were a player, I would obviously be studying and having a history of like, what do they tend to do? Reminding myself that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But the two big questions I would do is, when you see a mistake, what you decide is a mistake, whether it's strategic or social, ask yourself how you would exploit it. If you were there and you picked up on it, what's the move? Because that's the game, how to take somebody else's weakness and make it your advantage. And the other thing I would do is ask your friends, what are my weaknesses? Tell me the truth. What drives you crazy about me so that you can try to catch it. I mean, it's hard to overwhelm your, your own personality and be somebody else. But those are the things I think watching up 40, you know, five seasons of Survivor can help you with is because Rob, people used to say to me in the early seasons, why do they keep making these same mistakes? And I asked myself the same question. And then I realized it, they're not making mistakes. It's their nature. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. It's a mistake to you, but to them, it's the right move. It's who I am. Because it used to be like you would come in and have a season and have maybe like three or four people that really knew the show. But now it's almost like a non-starter. If you don't know the show, you don't get on the show. Almost every single person comes in and is like a super fan. Well, that was a slow that didn't that wasn't like a this 
decision, but there was a tipping point where we, we decided that we're at a point now where if you don't know the show, you're going to gum up the works. You're not going to win. So it's a wasted spot. You just, you won't win because you're not going to get there. It just won't work. And instead you're not going to understand that three of a kind beats two pair. And so it's going to mess up the game. And that's really why we still meet people who apply and say, I'm new. I just watched the season and I saw Jeff say I should apply. So I'm applying. You can still get on, but we tell you, you, you've got to learn the game quickly because you won't have a chance. And I like where we're at right now. And I don't, the other part, Rob, is I don't think you could do a season where nobody had ever heard of Survivor and you got to re-experience season one i just think we've been around so long that you have some idea what survivor is something that i don't think i've ever heard you address about the seasons that people can now consume them on a binge as opposed to week to week Mm. does that change the way that you all uh, construct the show at all from how you used to where people only consumed it week to week like is there any way that the show is constructed to be consumed at a later date on a binge? No, it's a good question. But I think you're chasing your tail then because you, you just have to make a show that works. That just, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes we'll have a schedule change and we'll have to do something different. That's, a, that's something we have to solve for. It's a problem because the experience, we want the experience to be there. If you're going to watch Wednesday night at eight o'clock, the second it comes on, we want it to be there for you in the way you want it. And if you're going to wait four weeks, that's fine. CBS has to figure out how the ratings work and how who, what to charge advertisers. I don't worry about that. I love our audience. I know they're loyal. I know they'll come back and let us try again. So we just want whenever you watch it, one hour at a time, 90 minutes at a time, the whole season at a time, to have the experience. I do think it changes the viewing experience. I remember hearing Brian Cranston and Vince Gilligan talk about Breaking Bad and I can't repeat it. It was really elegant how they said it, but they basically said the difference between watching that character evolve into a drug dealer over years versus watching him become a drug dealer in one weekend is a very different emotional experience. I do think that probably happens on Survivor, that it's a little more like, give me more, give me more versus where's it going? Oh, wow. And now this is where it's at. I can't wait for next week. So, Jeff, we talked about Winners at War being like such a, you know, a big culmination of the first era of, or the like the previous era of Survivor. Now, we're only a couple seasons away from another potential milestone in 50. That, right. is, is there a way that but how could you ever top Winners at War yeah. where you have 20 of the best winners come back? It's a great problem to try to solve. And I don't have the answer. I don't know if that's the way you should look at it because form follows function in the survivor world. And I drive everyone crazy by repeating that over and over and over the shape it takes has to be secondary to what it is you're wanting to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to do another season of winners. I mean, that's just, you're you're right that we, we don't have enough and it wouldn't make sense. So we have to see when we get there, what would be fun to do for 50? Yeah. And it's a great question. And it's one that we're all contemplating and thinking about. And this is not deflecting. We just, we don't have the answer. You know, right now we're starting creative on 47 and 48. Then we have to do 49. I mean, there's still a lot of survivor we have to produce to even get to 50. 
And we have to be good every episode. Every act break has to be great. We never, to your point earlier, we have never said, eh, that'll work. Never. We will go back into the editing maze and say, that person needs to talk about what happens if that doesn't happen, not if this doesn't happen. Let's shift the story that way. And, we, and then we all look at it and go, that feels like the story we want to tell. So we're, we're really inside it most of the time. And then every so often we step back out and go, okay, 50's coming. What are we going to do? Yeah, I think it's also hard where, you know, there's so much of a focus on like the journey of the players to then do that with returnees where I feel like that so much of their journey is like already, we may already know it. So it's not necessarily that every single person has like a new journey unless they've like lost in like some like Rob, soul crush. Here's how, you, here's, how, here's how you change that. The show starts and I say, all right, the new era has focused a lot on journeys how you can work together while still voting each other out without hating each other. It's some amazing blind fights. You've all done that. Let's play Survivor. Let's get dirty. We're going to give you a game that allows you to do everything you want to do. You don't have to think about anything. No journey, no nothing. Get out here, kick ass, and win this game. Let's go. Give people permission to play. We, we can do that. We're not not having them play right now. Mm -hmm. It's really, like you said earlier, there's not so much gameplay. Tremendous gameplay. You're going to see in Survivor 46, one of the most vicious seasons ever. I'm telling you, the gameplay is great. It's where we focus our story. We may focus a little more on the journey right now, and maybe we'll start shifting out of that in the same way that I'm going to start bag, you know, hitting the bag of rice with a knife. But the gameplay is still happening, and I think when 46 is over, you will feel that. Okay. Well, look, you don't need to sell us because 100% uh, of the people that listen to this are going to be there for you for Survivor 46. I, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying we're, that the we're excited. is there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you for people like me who do what I do and talk about the show. I, I would love to get some feedback from you, Jeff, that what are the ways that when we're outside talking about the show and we only have a piece of the story or like the 90-minute episode that we've just seen, how could we do a better job in talking about the show with the audience? There's the question I've never been asked in 24 years and thousands of interviews, never once has a journalist said what you just said or asked what you just asked. Um, I appreciate the question. I would say, ask why. Just wonder why they did that. Because there's an intention behind everything we do. I mean it. it, it may sound like just words, but there's a reason anytime we do a game, there's a reason, like there's a game coming up in 46 and there was a, it's a very simple risk reward game, but there was a reason behind it. A very simple reason, but there's a reason. So I would say you can still be an armchair quarterback. You can still sling arrows saying, I hated that. I think this season sucks. That player should have never been on, but maybe you just ask or you write me and say, why, why did you do that? Not why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Why did you do it? Because that's all we're really doing is trying to create a game. This is the way we kind of think of the game, Rob. Let's create and design a game that makes it impossible for the person who has all the skills to win, be able to win. So the more, the more advantages you have in your invisible knapsack, the more difficult it's going to be. 
So how do you solve that problem? I already know you're witty. You just told a funny joke. I already know you're physical. I can see your muscles. I already know you're charming. You're talking to everybody. So I'm going to take you out. How do you avoid that? That's the game we're designing. So everything we put into it comes from that. How do we make that game? That's why it's in the game. Anything else about Survivor 46 that you want to tease us with today? Uh, 46 is definitely an eclectic group. And I know you could say, well, they're always eclectic mm-hmm. by design. But this group just it just has a funny, a funny sense of humor about it. And there's a lot of music this season. Just weirdly, okay. either people who play music or sing. And so there's kind of a just a loose musical thread, a lot of fun. And I think, and you, I will listen to see what you think when the season's over, but I think this might be the first season of the new era where the players have started to take control and they're starting to realize, you know, there are other ways to handle a beware advantage. There are things I could do with my shot in the dark. I'm not saying those in particular, but just meaning from a, from a philosophical point of view, they're starting to be less afraid of the game and starting to look at the game and figure out how to break it and use it to their advantage. And I think you're going to see some really great gameplay. And it all echoes back to our original design in Survivor 41, create uncertainty at all points of the game, uncertainty, 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 uncertainty. And in the beginning, people said, wow, there's too much. There's too many twists. There's too much of that, too much of this. We, we anticipated that, but our thought was if we can get the players to understand you're going to live in a world of uncertainty, then that'll give you the freedom to just play. Mm-hmm. Let it be the wild, wild west because you can't predict. And so that's what I think is happening is that the uncertainty reigns supreme. And that gives someone like you the permission to say, if I can't predict, let me just adapt quickly. Jeff, I really appreciate you making time to talk about all this stuff. I, I think it's all fascinating. I could uh, listen to you talk about this uh, for, for hours and hours. So I think that the listeners uh, must appreciate it also. So thank you so much, Jeff. And I want to say, Rob, I appreciate how much time you put into thinking about this conversation. I can tell you did. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed this. I didn't want to screw it up, Jeff. You didn't. Not by my end. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) And maybe I had too much. I wanted to get in. Uh, But that's relatable, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And we'll just end on the same point we hit all the time is point of view. Point of view. You have a point of view. I now understand a little more about why you do it the way you do it because I've now been trying to learn how to do a podcast and realized we have to have a point of view on that podcast. You have one on yeah. yours. You have one. And I'll tell a, just a quick story as we hang up. We did a, a screening in New York several months ago <laughs> for a few people. You came and we did a silly game where we were going to give away some tickets to something. But I asked you, what do you think of that? And without missing a beat, you said it was too long. You were right. I could have done it in one round. But my why, my why was we're only doing this once. Let's let's make it fun and give you another chance, the loser's bracket. But from a producer standpoint, you were 100% right. You should have done it one round. And we should have got to the screening a little quicker. You have a point of view. I appreciate it. I 
agonized inside, Jeff, because I didn't want to bring negativity to what you were doing. But I thought that that maybe you might respect more to hear how I really felt yes. about the thing. So I, I, yes. I, 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 I went with the audacious route to say what I actually thought. But I just I, I hoped I did not offend you uh, in that. Moment. No, I just I Rob, that was my whole point is I gave you my why. Mm-hmm. And then you said, got it. Here's what I would change. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect marriage of analysis and, and creativity. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Best of luck with the new season. And, uh, you know, just uh, keep on, uh, you know, stabbing those bags of rice and, uh, <laughs> and, and doing what you love to do. All right, Rob. Talk again. All right. Later. Take care, Jeff. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. Jeff Probst here on the podcast. Okay. Boy, that was exciting. <laughs> I have a uh, pit in my stomach, which I think is is probably is is, is good. It's normal. Hopefully, uh, will go away at some point. But I, I really was happy with how that turned out. Hope you enjoyed it too. I know that we're never gonna get uh, answers that satisfy everybody when we talk to the president of Survivor, Survivor Nation, but it was just, uh, I, I thought, a really great interview. I really uh, will always appreciate Jeff uh, making that time to uh, come on with us and talk about some things and really just give his perspective on where he's coming from, how he makes the show, and why Survivor is what it is here today. And look, you can get on Jeff all that you want. But I think that the great achievement that Jeff has had, I do not think that there is another person who could have be at the helm of this thing and have Survivor still be on the air for 24 years. Uh, that He has uh, been guiding this ship to this point, And I think that uh, don't know if anybody else would have gotten us here 24 years later. So really appreciate Jeff and everybody at CBS that made this one possible. Of course, again, if you're new here, welcome aboard. Hope you check out the rest of our coverage here for Survivor 46. Rob is a website.com slash subscribe. Thank you again to everybody who came on this journey of 5,000 episodes. I appreciate you all so much. This is the greatest reality TV community in the world. I wake up every day excited to come back here and do this some more. So thank you again for giving me that opportunity. If you are considering becoming a patron, I guarantee you that you will not regret it. We have so much fun getting together with people all around the world to celebrate the passion that we all have for these crazy reality TV shows. So hope you might want to check that out someday at robisawebsite.com slash patron. Thank you all so much. And thank you to the Rob as a podcast team who worked with me for many weeks to get this podcast ready for you. I appreciate you all so much. Thanks again for listening. Can't wait to start Survivor 46. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.